And I've been smoking weed and doing shrooms, living up my last name. I've been doing me, hope you're doing you. Never let that change. And I've been smoking weed and doing shrooms, living up my last name. And I've been doing me, hope you're doing you. Never let that change. Wow. Dreams off the life, and my life is awesome. It was me, Walter White, and Philip Seymour Hoffman off some wee lean and bright. Then we got to talking, and the gleam hit the pipe, and then things got awkward. Coughing, taking caution, but I'm better than the last time. Looking at me stalling, like, well, should I take this last line? Ain't no going back. I got the devil in my past life. Life a game of craps, and I don't really bet the past line. Cash crime, sex is how they occupy the bottom feeders. Drugs, kids, stress, and I ain't never had a problem healing. My life is not make believe. I don't own no Bible, need the hypocrites don't pray for me. I don't need no modern Jesus. Low key, we used to smoke weed, became distant. Now slowly, she texts emojis that blow kisses. Lil Bo Peep, let her nose bleed and seems different. The Cold goes to show, say that she knows Pippin. Just a line full of girls doing green cocaine. My next guest is a Portland, Oregon-based artist who has recently become independent after being signed with Ayers Records. He has gained recognition for songs such as Six Beers and Pigathon, as well as having albums be reviewed by Pitchfork and featured by Pigeons and Planes. It's my pleasure to introduce Mike Bogan. We still at that age yet, when we got shit to lose. And you proved that to me, baby. And I proved that to you. And she said, you so sweet lately We should see what it do And them butterfly kisses Blink 182, what's my age again? I can feel how you move and the fingers I use to turn pages with Honeymoon still the stage that we phasing in On your back watching stars that you gazing in When we left all alone, I can't stress my feelings When you check through my phone, you get less forgiving Don't press for the context, best when we climax Sweat in them complex sex positions my dreams on the Going for so going that time No, you can't come on a long ride You'll just hold me back from a good high I guess you could come if you let me Just let me be, try to teach me Come if you want, can you reach me? Come if you want, can you reach me? Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Mike. Bogan. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Blake, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, bro. I appreciate this. Seriously. Thank you. For sure, man. So the first thing, I just want to get it off the plate. So I've listened to all your interviews, and I feel like this is something you tiptoe around. Maybe it's just me reading too deep into it. But you've said you're an independent artist now. But what 
caused that to happen? Was there any like trouble with the record label? Was it you decided to leave or like what happened with that? Because I, I hear you saying you're independent, but I have no idea what caused that. You know what, man? Um, it was there was no issues with the record label. There was nothing like that. Um, like I tell people, like there's there's a huge difference between signing with a major and signing with an independent label. And I think independent labels' jobs are to um, definitely like put wheels to your dreams, like help you try to get where you're going faster. And after a certain amount of time, you should either a sign to a major label or you should be able to function independently at a very high level. And I think now that I put that time in, I've, I've done my three projects with my label, uh, my former label, Airs, and they helped me out a lot, man. You know, like I pressed vinyl, I made a, a ton of connections. Um, they, they showed me mad love on Spotify, a Spotify playlist and, and, and distribution and, and uh, linked me with a lot of licensing opportunities. And now, man, you know what? I'm just, I, I think I've learned a lot. I think we learned a lot together. And then I think I got it figured out now to just, to just fly on my own, man. So here we are. <laughs> there we go. And how how long have you been independent now? Uh, super short, maybe like a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. So I'm 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 just dipping back in, man. So yeah, but it feels good. It feels really good. It's crazy because you've had that experience of being signed, and within this even past year and a half, you've worked with a few artists that have actually, in the past few months, have gotten signed. Even like the first one off the top of my head is Macintosh. So can you tell me how you formed that connection with him? Um, say it again. Which Mac- one? Macintosh. Oh, Macintosh, Macintosh. I, I never, I, didn't, I don't think I got to work with Macintosh. What? I could, I sw- you guys have a song together. I could swear to God. Let me look this up. What? There's no way I'm like, wait, let me see this. Mike Bogan. Am and I, I might s- not be able to hear you. I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah, there we go. Called Pink Store. Called. It says, "Look, do you have your phone? Oh, you're on your phone right now." There's a song on Macintosh's album. You know who Macintosh is, though, correct? Um, oh, hold on, Macintosh, Macintosh, Macintosh. Hold on. <laughs> I gotta look this up. <laughs> It's on Spotify right now. Yeah, it literally says you guys have a song together. That is awesome. Hold on. What's the song called? Pink Store. Pink Store. You're the only one who spells her name M-Y-K-E, so. (laughs) Bro, there is definitely a song. I didn't even know that. Holy shit. (laughs) <laughs> That's hilarious. That's awesome. And I can't I can't listen to it right now. But yes, that <laughs> happens. Yes, and that is real. That is a real thing. Yes, oh that is God. real. I'm dying. <laughs> I was just... <laughs> that is so awesome. I was just wondering, like, now that you've had that experience and you work with a lot of artists that either have a name or are still coming up in the industry... Have you sure. given th- them any advice about how to go forward? Well, you know, it's it's crazy, dude. Like, it's it's so crazy how quickly you get like, like when you jump back in the independent scene, like everybody. It's just it's. I love the community and the camaraderie of it, you know. And we all share knowledge and experiences with each other. 
and just kind of build off it. And I think we all do that because we don't want anyone to have to take bumps we've already taken if they don't have to. And I think that's one of the coolest things about being back on your independent tip. Because it's really weird when you know somebody's signed. I don't know what it is. I don't know the energy or the vibe. But people just kind of be like, it just seems like there's there's a bridge with, with people that are signed and people that are not. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, bro, I share knowledge with everybody. Love sharing knowledge with everybody. Um, uh, uh, I, and, and I'm somebody who's very big on, I, I feel like I'm a good listener. And I want all the knowledge, bro. Anything that people can help me with, I keep an eye on a lot of people to watch what's working, what's not working. I'm a huge um, Avi the, no- the Nomad. Love him. Like, he, he, I, I follow stuff that he does all the time. And just the independent circle, dude, is so cool. The community is amazing, and I love it. So, yeah, bro, I share knowledge with anybody who wants it, anybody who's willing to listen, anybody who asks. I always share knowledge. Do you think there's, like, a thin line between being actually independent and not because I hear there's independent record labels and people are signed to independent record labels but is there also a difference between like I'd consider the podcast I guess independent because I'm doing every single thing right but is there is are you still independent if you're signed to an independent record label or is that is there like a fine line there well you know what no you, you 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 depending on I would say the black and white you know like there's so much to it. And this is another thing, doubling back on what you said about sharing knowledge and gaining knowledge with other artists, other experiences. Um, you can be, I was with an, I was with an independent label and it was very exclusive. I wasn't able to work outside of that. Uh, of course, like features and things like that, but I wasn't really able to, um, I couldn't just go do a project and drop it on my own at midnight or on Bandcamp or anything like that. Like that was in my contract. I could not do that. Now, now, as I was signed to that label, I had a conversation with another independent artist. And they're like, oh, bro, why would you sign exclusively? Mm. Like you should have just been like, yeah, you know, that was something I had to learn. You know, I made that. It, that I wouldn't say I made that mistake, but I made that mistake. You know, like, damn, like, bro, they're an independent label they'll mess with you just tell them you're allowed to work on other projects outside of it. and that that that's what i'm saying that was a bump in a road that i know about and so there's a lot of different options and definitely got to read the fine print very carefully <laughs> right. and uh and, and yeah and and make sure you're getting everything you want while working with them right so when you when you were signed it was in portland or was it in la because yep. i heard that you're okay. It was in Portland, but I was I'm living in LA. Yeah. Wow. Because that's crazy. Because yeah. I'm in Seattle, and Portland is basically, or Oregon at least, is four hours away. You know, it's not crazy far. But even within that distance, yeah. there's not, there's not really, there's no record labels out here in Seattle. No. Right. 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 Um. Dude. So, Air's trying to do a really special thing. You know, they tried to. I feel like. I feel like. The world, the world loves the Pacific Northwest. They love it for what it is. They love Seattle. They love what they know. They love the the trees and the snowboarding and the environment <laughs> and uh, you know just the people and the vibe of of uh, the Pacific Northwest. And but the thing is though, it's like I don't think the world knows how truly talented it is in that region. You know, and I'm talking about from everything. I'm talking about from 
R&B to hip hop to pop punk to punk rock to hardcore. Like there's so much talent in the Pacific Northwest. And I feel like Eris was just trying to bring light to that, you know, mm. and um, it's it, I, I think we, we all learned that it was very it's, it's difficult and it takes time and uh, it takes money and everything's got to align, man, and it's got to be right. But I appreciate them trying to form a label and trying to to help artists get up and get out there. And I, I, I hope that I hope that it brings Portland together more, I guess you could say, and understanding that, you know, like anything you can every, anything you see, it can happen right there. It can happen. It just takes it takes a lot. But and I hope it also helps um, more Pacific Northwest artists come together and cross more fan bases and um, everybody use a platform to help bring each other up. And I think that's what, that's what the label is trying to do. And it's just, it's easier said than done. With a, with a record label like that, were they someone that was like a branch of like a higher up record label, like uh, Atlantic? No, or but they were, wor- they were working towards that and they still are working. Towards oh, that. wow. Yeah. They're still all working towards that. And they've got a lot of great connections. Um, and like I said, it just takes time. It takes time, and you got to do a lot on your own before you get that. I, I feel like you get that nod from the from a major to mm-hmm. where they want to accept you as a branch and invest in you as a branch of their label. And it just takes knocking on the door. You know, Eris has been around five years, oh, as as opposed to a Sony or a Warner or a Capital or a RCA. You know what I mean? It's just it takes time. So mm-hmm. you just got to keep at it, man. Keep at it. So. You've been in Portland for, am I wrong to say, like seven, eight years now? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. I've been out there since 2014. Wow. But you didn't, yeah. you didn't did you did you move out there for music, though? Because I, I understand yes. like your background for like South, you went to college and everything like that. So you're not originally from yeah. Portland, but. Yeah, so yeah. No, I'm originally from, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I moved, yeah, I moved after college. I, um, I, I moved to Portland uh, with my best friend tim who films all my videos and my visuals and yeah man just just basically just was living on his couch and just started doing music you know at the time we were both like just two broke young kids (laughs) trying to just pursue our dreams and he had a um he had like a I don't even know what he had. He had like a Rebel T2i camera and I had like a bunch of shit scribbled in the notepad and just started recording, man, and just started pushing. So that's how it happened. Yeah, so right after I graduated uh, in 2012, I stayed in South Dakota and I was like couch surfing in South Dakota. I recorded my first mixtape there, So Long South Dakota, and I was uh, bouncing from South Dakota to Montana. And then, yeah, finally made the move to Portland, like, after two years. And, yeah, I've been there ever since. Yeah, been bouncing back and forth from there to L.A. ever since. Wow. One of my previous <laughs> one of my previous guests is named Django. And um, he's up in Spokane. And yeah. it's more of a, I guess some Seattle people say it, but I feel like it's more of, like, a Spokane thing because Spokane is part of Washington, but they're so far away you can't really say you're the Seattle music right. scene. But right, right, right. <laughs> Right, but but what they what they say is they rep the upper left, meaning they incorporate Portland, maybe some of Idaho, Washington. Right. How how do people in Portland think about that? Is that even a thing that people talk about in Portland? 
No, I haven't heard it yet. No, I haven't uh, heard it yet. It, <laughs> yeah, but um, I personally, I love Spokane. I do. I love it, and they 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 show me mad love every time I come. Um, and I think I think that's dope to um kind of rep your region in your own way, but you know it's still one and the same. I think yeah. that's super dope. Like everybody calls Portland the town, you know, and people have different names for. People have different names for like their section, which is cool. Um, I just want all of us to continue to to build 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 each other up, no matter what. You know what I mean? If you Pacific Northwest, I fuck with you, and that's how it's got to be. <laughs> wow, because uh, you're the, you're honestly the first Oregon artist, I'd say. You're still, even though you're not originally from Oregon, I guess you're considered an Oregon artist. Like I um yeah. I had on I had on this guest named Jarris Johnson who was from Oregon, but he, like, blew up on TikTok and just said he just worked oh on TikTok and never did, like, concerts. So he, from his perspective, he says there is an Oregon scene. But I feel like because you're considered, like, an Oregon artist, you probably know if there's actually, like, an Oregon music scene and things like that. Oh, dude, there's definitely a huge, yeah, definitely a music scene. Definitely. Definitely. Um... They have, um, they have like open mic, which, uh, before COVID was like, um, they used to do that, I think like once a month, uh, which is super dope, super small venue where the local artists come and do their thing. And like, they used to have one artist that's like coming through town or something. Uh, they have, uh, the thesis, uh, no, I mean, it's called, excuse me, mic check. They have mic check and then they have the thesis. Um, which is a which is a pretty dope event, and uh, bro, like right now they have. I mean, you gotta think they have like right now on the up and coming side they have Win. Um, she's like she's dope, dope, super, yeah, she's super dope. She's coming up. They have Dante Thomas. Uh, he's coming up super hard. Uh, You've worked with Tom, him for sure. Yes, I love him. I love him. You guys bro. are so dope. Gold. Yes, they, yes, <laughs> yes. You know, bro. You've done your research. I, we're going to go back to that Macintosh thing. <laughs> but, um, Wynn, Dante, uh, Boca, um, they have, uh, somebody else right now. But Caso, Caso's huge. Mike Cates, he's a fire rapper. Um, they have a dope scene, man. And I, and I think most, mo- right now, most notable is Amine. You know, Amine fucking yeah. got huge, you know? So, um, it's just like like I said, we we it's just bringing more awareness everywhere. Um, Seattle artists here, like I love Jarvie. Jarvie is one of my boys. Like I love yes. him to death. Like I've had him on the podcast. Like, yes, bro, that's like my brother. Like Seattle's got a crazy music scene. It's it's so much talent. There's so much high level talent, and it's just it, it it's crazy that some people, like you said, there's some people from Portland that don't even recognize that. Yeah, and. Um, no disrespect to my man who did his TikTok thing, but like you said, like he's never done shows and stuff like that. So you're not in the trenches of that music scene, you know, like of the basement shows and the produce organic clothing line. And like, you're not, you're not seeing all the stuff that's happening for those people that are grinding, grinding, grinding the old fashioned way. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I feel like that's, that, that's part of it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta study it and embrace it and try to bring those people along which you should you know what I mean I would love if Amina was like yo like hop on the bus I'm taking six Portland artists on tour you know what I mean like and I know I'm sure there's a lot of things that go into that 
or um, a lot of things that go into that or a lot of things behind the scenes that he may or may can or cannot do. But, you know, it's, it's things like that that we got to start doing and bringing each other up. Mm-hmm. So I've seen you've toured to Seattle quite a few times. Do you think you've been in Seattle enough to be able to compare the Portland to Seattle music scene? Like, I'm, I'm tr- I'm re- I truly want to understand more about the Oregon music scene. I, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> um, You know what? I think... I think mm, I think it's similar, you know. Like I think the scene is similar when you get into um, when you get into like the local artists. I guess you would say, like because I know everybody's different. Everybody kind of has a different spot in Seattle too, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Jarv has a whole different crowd than this person and that person. They're all kind of different, but. You know, one night I was on, uh, I was with Jarvis on Capitol Hill, and he was, like, introducing me to everybody. I probably met, like, four or five artists that night. And even that was cool. Portland is very standoffish. Like, Seattle, wow. Seattle wasn't. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, there's not, like, hey, man, this dude is this dude. Y'all should work. Hey, this dude does art. Yo, you should work. He does visuals. Y'all should link up. Y'all got a similar style. Or maybe y'all don't, but y'all should just shake hands. You know, like, it was very like that. And maybe I was just with the right person, being that I was with Jar. Right. But, you know what I mean? But in, in Portland, we have to have more of that. We yeah. have to have more of that. I have to have more of that. So. In in Seattle, it's a lot of people say there's, like, it can be very clicky or people feel like only one person can succeed. That there's not enough room for everybody. When there definitely is. Do you see that in Portland or do you... Where do you think the standoffishness comes from? Because in Seattle, people you know, give it to the Seattle freeze even sometimes, you know, but like. <laughs> right, right. No, no, for sure. You know what it is? It's just um, where the clickiness comes from is, I would say, A, you know, like what 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 side of town are you from? First and foremost, you know, you know, like like Portland is big on the north, you know, like you got you, you got a, you got the north side rappers and um. I uh, uh, love them to death. They go hard. They go super, super hard. But um, that fan base is kind of there, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Dante Thomas group, where me and his fan base are kind of one and the same. You know what I mean? Then you have the Win fan base, who's a little bit different. You know, the it's it's, it's just so much, so many different. I think that's where the clickiness comes from to start. It's like we can't. Why can't we cross genres? Why can't we do? Um, more just hip hop one day. Why can't we do a just strictly hip hop one day fest? You know where everybody sticks around and you tell people to you know watch this person or watch that person. Um, we just don't we just don't do enough of it. So I think the first part is what side of town you're from, and the second is like the type of music you make is where it gets clicky. Like oh that dude don't make this type of music, so I mean like yeah he's cool or whatever. It's one of those, so it's tough. It's tough. Right. It's tough. It's tough. And I get it. As musicians, we're all we're all in our own ways, or we're weird, or whatever. But we gotta we gotta squash that. We gotta make it huge. We have to. Hell yeah. So so with you, you had a name with the record label, and you still definitely have a name. Do you? It's not like you have to restart. Do you feel? But do you feel like you're someone who needs to? tour so people still understand who you are or do you have enough of a reputation that you can just release things like albums online and stuff like that you know what bro like i don't think like i until you 
and A, it's not about money. I don't know what I but but until you are to a certain point uh financially, I guess, if that's what you're in this for, you can mm-hmm. never stop touring. Ever. Don't ever stop touring. Always right. tour. Always, always, always tour. Even if um even if I didn't have a worry in the world, I would still want to tour. I got a tour because I want to touch one fan at a time. I love that. I love the small shows. I love the big shows. I love the festivals. I think if you're if you're an artist right now and you are um and and and, and you ask me what was the blueprint of me getting to where I got right now with with the amazing like smaller cult following I feel like I have touring was it like that's where and I know times have changed and there's tons of you know social media and, and a bunch of outlets and platforms but. I feel like touring is one of those things that it's just the most genuine way to gain a fan base. And those are the fans that are going to stay and they're going to stick around. And um, I feel like that is the the root of, of gaining a fan base. So I, I, I definitely want, as soon as things open back up, I'm touring for sure. Huh. Yeah. So how do you decide what artists you want to keep in your circle? Like one artist that I've seen in your circle for a while like on different albums is this girl named Blossom. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I love, I love making music with, I, I, I don't, I don't do a lot of features. I don't work with a lot of people. I don't branch out like that. I don't do that because I just, I feel like I, I feel like I, I work at a certain pace. And I I don't want to, I don't even want to, I don't want to slow anybody down or slow myself down or anything like that. So a lot of it is just, man, when I make music, it's with my friends, you know? Mm. So, um, Blossom was one of the first people I met when I got to Portland and she was, yeah, she was singing and, um, we, we were friends first and man, I mean, for years, uh, probably two or three years, I never asked her to be on a song. And we were just kind of in the lab one day, and I was like, "Hey, would you be down to like, would you be down to like just sing on this?" She's like, "I've been waiting for you to ask." Her, she's, her personality is so amazing. She's like, I've been waiting for you years to ask. Finally, you asked. Yes. What am I singing? Are we writing it together? Blah blah. blah. So we did pool balls. That was our first one, and um, she killed it. She killed it, and I love her. And I feel like um, I feel like the the way I always distinguish who to keep around was just the realness uh who was real about it and who was serious about it i never wanted to put somebody on one of my songs that's like six months later like oh bro, i don't even fuck with music no more bro i was just horsing around or whatever you know like no, bro, like I, I i this is serious to me like this is my life there is no plan b like i, mm-hmm. I do music bro so if you're not serious about it and you're not on the same things i'm on i can't I, i'm not dealing with you and um with Blossom, she's always been real in the studio. Um, when I send this project, she's one of the first people I send it to. Wow. Because she, yeah, because she'll come off and she'll be like, okay, so there's six tracks on here. She's like, on track two, I feel like the hook is too low. I feel like you should put a bridge on it. I feel like this, you should put a harmony behind it. There's not enough. But, you know what I mean? Like, wow. it sounds, <laughs> yeah, it sounds flat. Like, it needs to sound bigger. Like, those are the people that I've always kept around. Mm-hmm. Um, like Tim, like Tim always, like when I send him stuff, he's always like, "Listen, dude, I'm gonna be a dick, so don't be mad." Like I'm just, I'm know that I'm trying to make this the best thing that you've done, 
and those are how I, I definitely like distinguish who stays around and who doesn't when it comes to my music. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. So, you know, I feel like there's, you know, you, I feel like over time you see artists and they're like, oh, like it's just not what it used to be. He, I wish he would go back to being the old, this guy or the old Mike or this and the third. Well, I think, I think a big part of it is the more and more you do music and the more time you put into it, uh, you want to progress as an artist. So that's one part of it. So progression naturally happens. But on the other hand, it's, I don't want to be that guy who's in air studio with 13 people in there smoking blunts and drinking liquor. And everybody's like, Oh yeah, bro. Everything you've done is dope today. That can't be true. No. Yes. Man. Everything. I, <laughs> yeah. You know what I, yeah, I mean? Like everything I did today can't be that dope that it just doesn't work like that. So, so I need, you need to keep people around that are going to be like, I like this. So this reminds me of this, or let's make it sound even bigger or better. Or maybe we should call Dante. Dante mm-hmm. would sound nice on a second verse. Hey, why don't we, Hey, or Blossom. Blossom has literally jumped out of the studio and be like, let me, let me harmonize it. Cause you don't sound as good <laughs> as I do. Let me do it. You know what I mean? So there's things like that. So yeah, man, just, just, just people that, that are real with you. And like I tell you, I don't judge criticism. I don't, I, I take criticism very well. And, um, if, if you stop learning, bro, you, you're done. You know, you mm-hmm. can always learn and you don't have to, you don't have to take everything from everybody. But if something, if somebody says something good, like take it into consideration, use it, see, right. try it. So that's, that's, that's how I've done it. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's, it's interesting that you say you don't do that many features. I feel like a lot of artists feel like they're one feature away from blowing up. You know, they need, they need that Drake cosign or something like that. What did, what do you feel like you did that helped propel your career? Was it doing the touring or cause you have to, you certainly have to get somewhere before a record label even notices you. So no, for sure. For sure. Touring was definitely, um, touring was definitely what got me to where I, where, where I was going. Um, Taking the punk influence that I had from my friends around me and just going and never stopping, you know, um, doing shows for three people one night, 30 people the next night, 300 the next night, and back to three people. <laughs> um, and, and, and you know what I mean? And um, just trying to hit one fan at a time, one, one fan at a time, just one fan at a time. And that's what got it going. And then, um, doing things differently you know i was whatever people used to make fun of me like i remember when i first got to portland a specific artist was like oh bro he's a white boy like bro i hate the way he dresses why doesn't he have a haircut why doesn't he blah 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 blah?" and i feel like that propelled me (laughs) they're like bro he's different like he talks that shit but He's very genuine in my music. I think I think that helped a lot. Being genuine, um, giving people certain scenarios uh, that everyone can relate to in their life, and understanding that I was being myself. I never tried to be anybody else or anything like that, and just going as hard as I can um, to gain one fan at a time. I think that's what it was, bro. I think it was being. I think I was a little bit different at the time than everything people had seen and I had a different mentality. Um, I, I remember, I remember I was, I ran into an artist when I was first kind of catching traction and he was like, bro, I would never do a show for less than $500. I would never do a show for less than 100 people. I would never. And I'm like, 
you are missing out. <laughs> you have no <laughs> idea. That person, needless to say, that person doesn't make music anymore. But yeah, um, yeah, bro. Like, I think I was just, I think I was just a little bit different, and I feel like my team that I had and the influence they had on me, it was just a grind that just didn't stop. It just never stopped. My first, my first show was with my first, my first tour was with punk band, and wow. I still have fans from this day. Um, from people at those garage shows that were like, bro, I didn't even fuck with hip hop. It was just crazy. You were there <laughs> and you were down to perform. And I am still a fan to this day. You know, it was, it was shit like that. And just gaining that cult following, man, and just going on the gas, the sleeping in the van, the, the, the showering and 24 hour fitness, the, <laughs> the everything, bro. Like just the grind. I just, I, I just, not to toot my own horn or anything like that. Just felt I had a little different grind than a lot of people in this genre. So I think that helped a lot. And you made fucking good music. Like it, it seems very simple, but you, you need to make good music. Thank you, <laughs> thank you man. Thank you. Hell, and, 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 and always engaging with my fans. I try mm-hmm. to reply to everybody, bro. Like I try to reply to everybody in on all socials. <laughs> I try to reply. I, I, I try to write back. I try to wish them happy birthday. I just try to blow, blow because Bro, for like I tell people, for somebody to come and buy a vinyl or buy a sweater or anything like a sweater is forty dollars. Wow! Yeah. You know, if somebody makes twelve dollars an hour, they just save you three hours of their life. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the least you could do is fucking tell them thank you on Instagram or you know wish them happy birthday. Fuck, I don't know, but I mean, damn, bro, like I, I, people don't understand it. It's, it's beautiful that somebody cares that much. Like that's just so dope to me. So, oh, yeah. I think yeah, staying so, in tune with the fans. What what music scene would you say you understand the most? Like, you're part of Oregon. You've been in LA. Do you feel like one of those two you understand the most, or is there maybe even like another music scene I'm not thinking of that you're more tapped in with? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so weird because what's really cool is to, back to it. I hate to I hate to be the dead horse, but touring. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, like I feel so involved, and like we said earlier, I feel so attached to so many different cities now. Um, I have an artist named Zero. Uh, Zero and Axum, they reach out to me all the time. They're from Boise, and they ask questions. What are you doing, bro? What are you up to? Are you touring soon? Can we can we get on the tour? Can we can we go with you? Da da da. da. Same in Minneapolis. You know, same in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Same in LA, same in Portland, same in Austin. You know, like you become a part of these people when you've been there, when you go there once a year and you do a show and you see the same guys come or you got the same promoter. So he has, you know, the two same openers and we're all in the green room together and they say, well, how are you doing? How's your kids? I'm like, how are yours? (laughs) I met them last time. They bought a vinyl. You know, you, you're kind of attached to all these little music scenes and, um, and um, it's so now it's so hard to pinpoint. Of course, Portland. Of course, like hands down. But after that, I mean, I would say Boise. I would say Denver. I would say um, shit. I mean, uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, for sure. That's like my second home. Like, um, it's great because there's what what what's also beautiful is there's talent in those cities. Where right. Oh, you know what I mean, and and you know, so, so, and it goes unnoticed. But um, 
And like, it, 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 I'm just tapped into a lot of different cities, man. And I love going all the time. I love it. And I don't think I can narrow it down. You know, it's just how attached I am to each one or how involved I should say I am in each one or, you know, stuff like that. But man, like shout out to all those, the Boise, Minneapolis, Rapid City, Denver, um, Seattle, uh, Portland. I want to get to Bellingham. I, I, I have to. Yes. Uh, they've, yeah, they've reached out and that's, you know, they, yeah, I gotta get there. So that's another one. I want to get into that scene. Um, I've done shows in Salem. Uh, mm. I've, uh, I've done shows in Olympia. Uh, like, but just, yeah, man, all music scenes. I, I want to be part of all of them. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's, it's crazy to say this because it's. <laughs> It's only been a year now that that COVID's been a thing. Isn't that crazy to say it's only been that we have to say that? Yeah. Again? But yes. I wonder if this goes on for another year or two, then we might start looking into like, I don't know if anyone's really going to study it, but then we might start thinking about like how not touring has affected up and coming artists. But I wonder oh, sure, how bro. that's how, wonder how touring is going to affect up and coming artists in general, you know? No. No, for sure. Um, I know it definitely affected me. You know, um, I had, I wanted to drop a project last summer, uh, which I still have like in the holster because of COVID. So, yeah, so that, um, then I ended up dropping the EP, um, but I missed, you know, I missed two festivals. I missed, you know, a whole tour run I wanted to do off the album that I was going to drop. That was going to be a, that was going to be 16 dates. And uh, that was going to be over like a month. Uh, missed out on that. Um, and, but besides that, man, you know how it is. Like, like you do, you're doing this, you're doing something very similar to me. You know, you got the podcast going, you got things like that. Um, besides that, for people like me, I guess for artists, I, I, I don't want to speak for you, but COVID was, COVID was a cool thing in a way, you know, I got to, you know, decompress. I got to figure out some things. I got to slow down a little bit and, uh, just trying to figure out new ways to be innovative, new ways to, to, to create and, uh, try to find different streams of revenue or ways to continue to reach new fans. So, um, it's one of those things that's a challenge, I guess, you know, it was a challenge and it was a bittersweet thing, I think. But I think um, if we can get through this thing, you know, as a as a as a as a, as a world, <laughs> uh, I think a lot of cool things will come out of it. Right. But yeah, but like you said, uh, if it does last another year, I gotta get my Twitch game up. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> I gotta figure out some things. So I don't know, man. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, but uh, right now, I'm just happy happy uh, that a vaccine's available happy that things are somewhat coming back to normalcy just a little bit just one thing at a time no matter what no matter how long it takes just baby steps so yeah what's also kind of crazy when you're talking about like twitch and figuring out like how to connect like the online community more um Mm -hmm. in seattle i always i always like understand people's perspectives but at the end of the day like sometimes you do got to say things are just like cop-outs or um just complaining which i'm not saying seattle artists complain i think seattle artists are dope but some of like the older artists like even talking to jar d they kind of felt that the online culture of music kind of took them aback and like while they were focused on like touring 
making sure everyone in Seattle knew them. There are younger artists that came out of nowhere and got the Seattle fans that they took years to build and then the world, right? Because of online. Yeah. Right. But you're you're like the similar age and came up I guess around the similar time as like a jar of D. But it doesn't seem like you think of the internet as like an excuse to not understand what's going on culturally. Yeah. Um you know, like I feel like I feel like it's it's so weird. It's so weird because you don't want to sound like a hater, <laughs> you know. You don't want to sound like a hater. Uh, I want you want to say you're happy for people and things like that. But I also feel like um, some of the things that we've done, some of the approaches that we've taken, I don't think I don't think it'll ever die. And I think you will always, like I said, like goes back to touring or handing someone a CD personally, like people used to do, or a download card or whatever it was. Um, it touches people in a special way and you got to just take it with a grain of salt that things change and you got to figure out how to adapt to them and catch up you know you got to evolve if you can't evolve you're in a world a massive massive amount of trouble um uh somebody told me a long time ago if you blow fast you'll go fast mm. and i think i want to wish those kids I just want to wish those artists the best because like you brought up earlier like it's tough when you when you blow up and you've never done a live show it's tough when you know you blow up and you never tour it's tough when you blow up and uh, 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 that people find out you are shitty live it's hard (laughs) you know it's a hard thing Um, and like I said I I don't I, I would love I just want to stay at the point that music can pay my bills. <laughs> I think that's really cool, but I didn't get into it to be a billionaire. <laughs> and, uh, I think, you know, being online, that can happen. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of like, I don't know. It's a cliche way to get on, but at the same time, it's, it's the way now. Right. So it's, it's a very bitter, it's another bittersweet thing. You know, it's, it's tough to handle. It's weird, but, you know, like uh, I had a conversation. I had a conversation with a buddy of mine, and he was like, "It's not like you can't put out a song this summer and it becomes a TikTok dance <laughs> or blah blah blah." What are you gonna say? No, I don't want it. <laughs> no, you wouldn't say that. So it's really weird, man. It's a weird thing to. It's a weird thing to. I guess like disgust. It's so weird because there's so many emotions and so many feelings and so much like, bro, I've been grinding for all this time. Da, da, da. There's, there's bitterness if you're honest about it. You know what I mean? There's definitely bitterness. It sucks. Like some kid makes a song at 6.30 at night in his bedroom and <laughs> you know what I mean? It sucks when, when you've done a lot of work. But also, man, I want everybody to be happy, be successful, get your money, man, do your thing. So I can't knock you. Right. So, two artists that you've worked with before, watch, watch, you yep. be like, wait, who are those people? I'm just kidding. You're, you're going <laughs> to. Right. But I was wondering if you're associated with like these two artists, because a few people, I, people I've been talking to have been like, yeah, I'm about to have Mike Bogan on the podcast. And they're like, oh, he's worked with this guy and this guy. I'm wondering right. if you're actually associated with them or if it was just a thing where you guys had to feature with. So first one, Michael Christmas. And then the second one, 
Alex Wiley. The cool thing about Alex Wiley is that he recently moved to Seattle and he's been working with some pretty cool Seattle artists like Campana, which I thought was pretty pretty dope. But are you associated with those artists or was it a thing where you, when you were coming up, you just worked with them? Yeah, so um, so Michael Christmas, um, Mikey Christmas, that was just management. Management, uh, my manager bumped into his, hey, well, I got a dude that's pretty dope, da-da-da, check him out. I think his manager's like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, we can definitely make that happen. And that was just, yeah, that was just um, me shooting him the bread, and uh, he laid the verse. ASAP, bro, pleasure to work with. Like, sent the open, bro, love the song, shoot me the open verse done deal he shot it back in like a week it was wow. perfect it was amazing yeah you know shared it did his thing on on social media it was all love i think he genuinely you know he, he fucked with the song so that was dope and then so carson who over the years has become a good friend of mine uh he's a producer he did uh my project joe fontana okay. he did some things a little bit before that um but him and him and alex are super close they're Got friends it. used to live together roommates all that so yeah so he introduced me to Alex, and yeah, Alex is an associate. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know him very well or anything like that, but um, love Alex to death. I was a fan before I met Carson or him. Um, we met at South by Southwest years and years ago, and ended up reconnecting like two, three years later. And yeah, man, it got to work with him, and it was just so dope. So Carson linked that up, man. Yeah, Carson linked that up, and um. Uh, Alex always has been super, super cool with me. Always shares my music, like puts it on his Twitter, on his on his socials. Like it's all love with me, and Alex. Yeah, he's he's dope. So yeah, definitely, definitely gonna reach out and kick it with him. I, I definitely owe him, I owe him dinner for sure when I come to Seattle. If, I, <laughs> if he if he if he if he answers the phone when I hit him. So yeah. So. Oh yeah, it's just crazy because. I've I've already liked your music, but then when I actually took a dive into like all your collaborations and stuff, it kind of took me aback. I was like, "Holy fuck!" So this is just one more collaboration I need to talk about because I'm like, "Holy fuck!" I I I just didn't expect this. So, how did the Paris Alexa and Soul song come together? That was uh, fucking insane too. Like those guys never were uh, together, but they're from the same city. So I'm like, "How does that happen?" Bro. Bro, that was so beautiful. <laughs> so that was actually like the last thing I did with Ayers. That was the wow. last thing. Yeah, so Taylor actually got a hold of Paris's people. And they listened to the song and was like, yo, definitely. Like, it's their vibe. She she fucks with Mike's music. And her and Blossom are good friends. They toured oh, together. Yeah, so that all pieced <laughs> together like that. And then, um, and then, um, uh, Neil, Neil Vontali, who's part of the Airs label, he's cool with Soul. So he wow. reached out to Soul and made that happen. Yeah, man. So I have, uh, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him, but yeah, um, or Paris actually in person, <laughs> yeah. just, uh, via text. Yeah. So me and Paris just text, but yeah, man, it was just, um, and, and, and that was another thing so funny the thing that we talked about earlier it was just like yo like they're from the pacific northwest i'm a huge fan of both of them mm-hmm. and you guys are saying that it's it's it, it, it can happen like that's a possibility i'm like let's do that wow. <laughs> let's do that asap yeah so we got that done man but like it it i i love i love hey bro thank you so much for like 
being fucking with my music and just being on your shit. Like I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so dope. Um, but yeah, bro, that was that was a huge thing. Uh, going back to what we talked about earlier, I w- I only can work with people that I know that a I'm a fan of and I like their music. But b I know that they're climbing and they're doing their thing and they're grinding just like I am. And but that one, the soul was like that was like definitely like some music bucket list shit for sure. Like yeah. I had to work for him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah. what keeps you creative and going when you're not doing a lot of features, which is cool. Cause your music, like you've heard this a lot, which is dope. That's dope for an artist. I like have constantly hear people being like, your music is always, is so different. Like that's a, right. that's dope. So, what keeps your music sounding different and like evolving with the times if you're not really focused on features too much? You know what? Um, I think like, like I said, like it goes back to, um, like I tell people, I just, it's just genuine, you know, mm-hmm. it's what I'm going through. It's the life I'm living. It's, it's what I'm on. And also I think the drive to, um, do bigger numbers, you know, build my fan base, increase my fan base. I think that's the thing. And also being around other dope artists and just growing, growing and growing and growing. I think that's how it stays different. Like, um, when I'm in party mode, like I make party songs. When I'm sad, I make sad songs. My music is my journal. So I think that's always like, I think that's how it stays fresh and relatable i think so that's always a good thing but then also i feel like the people um my the people i get production from they're growing as well um adding live instrumentation things like that um uh and also trying to toe the line of being experimental but also keeping to myself and also progressing, if that makes sense. It's like, I'm trying to be a little bit experimental. I'm trying to sing a little more. I'm trying to put live interpretation in, but I'm trying to progress. But I'm also trying to be the same guy. It's just like, it's so hard. But yeah. so, so far, it's been working out so far. But it's just it's just hard, man, to, to push boundaries and um, uh, to be comfortable enough to push boundaries and be willing to maybe understand if some of your fans don't like things mm. and understand, you know what I mean? And understand that, um, uh, you can always go back. You can always go back and make some boom bap shit. <laughs> you can always go back and make a stoner record. We can always go back and do that. But like, bro, have you ever pushed it to where you are using live instrumentation and you're singing a whole song? I'm like, I haven't done that. Sometimes I feel like I want to. You know, stuff like that. And, and I think um, the music I listen to, I think, is another big thing. I don't listen to a lot of hip-hop. I really mm. don't. You know, like, I listen to a lot of Mac DeMarco. I listen to a lot of Blink-182. I listen to a lot of um, Georgia Smith. I listen to a lot of, She's you dope. know, I listen to a Yeah, you know what I mean? So I think, and I think that carries influence when you, you know, when you step in the studio and you're like, damn, I've been listening to Matt DeMarco all day. And now here I'm in the studio and like that could come out a little bit <laughs> or something like that. And I don't ever want to be some, I always, I, a comment, a comment that I, or a compliment, I should say, that I've gotten is 
bro, like, you're starting to develop so much range. And I just think that was so dope. It's like, bro, sometimes I don't know what you're going to, I don't know if you're going to, like, rap the hell out of a beat. I don't know if you're going to do a song like Pickathon with Kari, to where you're kind of singing and you, you you got the harmonies. I don't know if you're going to do an interlude. And I think that's a cool thing to have as an artist. I really do. And, and I love it. So just, just trying to push boundaries, man, and, and not be scared. <laughs> For sure. So I think this question can vary depending on artist to artist. So I definitely want your perspective. So when an artist is doing something experimental, is it just for them or is it weighing out? Is this going to be something that will connect with another audience? Cause you hear people say yeah. experimental a lot. Right. So I think for, for me, um, I would never make a song to say, um, you know, I'm going to do a song like this because this could, like, make me the next Post Malone. Or this mm. could make me, you know what I mean? It's it's nothing like that. Um, I think I think it's something to, I think when I, I think when I say experimental, I think it's, um, does this sound bigger? Like, this sounds bigger than six beers. This sounds bigger than, this sounds like it could be the song of the summer or, you know, things like that. And when I'm making it, like I told you, I don't really branch outside of my friends because I feel like if you are if you are a fan of my music, I feel like we'd hang out. Just like me and you are having a conversation right now and I'm loving it. And you <laughs> like my music. You know, I, I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I, so when I'm making a song, I'm like, would me and Blossom dance to this? Hell yeah, we would dance to this. You know what I mean? Like, would me and Tim drink a beer to this, like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is what I'm making it for, like, but I just want it to sound bigger, and that's kind of like, I think that is kind of my mindset when I'm trying to make music like that, when I'm trying to be experimental or just make it sound bigger, because, you know, like, it goes back to, like I said, like, we listen to, we wake up and we listen to Mac DeMarco, and then we listen to Blink-182, and then we listen to, you know, and I'm just like, damn, yeah, we could, I could take it somewhat up the alley, or maybe make it more catchy, or use my voice a little more. And I think that's kind of where I stay. I just make music for me and my friends to have fun too. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, yeah. The one collab that did not work out with Blink-182 though, which is sad, is I don't think the little yeah. Wayne and Blink-182 collab, I don't think that worked out that well. <laughs> oh, okay, so I don't like that one. And I hate, I hate the Jay-Z Linkin Park one. I just, <gasps> wow. yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I just, I, 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 I love it for, I love it, I love it for, for them trying. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the two names. Huge. Love it. Um, I think, I think at that time, I just wanted Jay-Z to be Jay-Z and Linkin Park to be Linkin Park. I just wanted that to happen. That was just a tough match for me. Me being such a pop punk fan, I was just like, oh, I don't know. But, but I get why people love it. And it's so funny because when it comes on, I, I love it. I'm involved. And then when I'm here sitting in the car by myself, I'm like, just don't love it. I don't know what it is. Right. But so, so like mine is like, like I definitely like, I feel like I, oh, funny, funny, quick question. Quick question I got to ask you. Do you know Kenny Hoopla? I don't think I do. Okay. 
So when we get off, I want you to listen to Kenny Hoopla and then you give me a text and let me know what you think. Kenny Hoopla just did a collab with Travis Barker. Oh shit. But he yeah, but he makes that kind of music and it worked out. I think I think for me, if I I think for me, when I'm trying to be experimental, I think I'm more so trying to be more of that in my own voice or in my own music as opposed to being like, yo, I want to collab with Blink-182. And I think that's where me and Jay-Z separate. <laughs> like, mm. or the me and Lil Wayne thing. I'm like, I'm like, no, bro, don't do that. Just, um, just, just, just try to do it on your own. Like, Lil Wayne, you've done everything else. You've auto-tuned. You've done this. You do this. Blah, blah. Like, do it, do it on your, do, do it yourself. <laughs> oh, cool shit, hook. he did. He did. Remember that yeah. fucking, um, fuck, what, what was that one was album? That? With, it was like the yellowish gold color album. I forgot what that was called, but it was all auto tune. And then he did one with all that was like pop punkish, I believe. It yeah, is that is that? I don't think is it. I am not a human being. No, I don't know if that was it or not. Because the second we, we'll we'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, we need we need fucking yeah. um, we need Jamie from Joe Rogan to look it up for us. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he's over there just doing his thing, and then he's like, bam, yeah, so. That, yeah, but yeah, but like that that one, yeah, that one just didn't work out. So collabs, <laughs> when you cross the genres, you gotta be careful. That's a, but yeah, like um, to to do a harmony on a Blink One Eighty Two record would be amazing. But a more like I think I think another bucket list thing for me would be like a would definitely be like Georgia Smith singing a hook for sure. Um. Kid Cudi for sure. Those are all bucket lists for me. Like those are the ones. Um, You're like blushing just um, saying it too. You're like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, I like. I'm just like, I don't even know where to go after. Um, th- yeah, those two are crazy. Th- those two are super crazy. Um, even a Mac DeMarco. I feel like you could work that out at a super chill tempo, just kind of singing a quick verse. And letting him do his thing, like you could work that out, like stuff like that. But yeah, that's yeah, bro. Those are those are things I think about for sure. I want I want more hip hop artists to start working with um Gary Clark Jr. Do you know who Gary Clark Jr. is? Gary Clark Jr. What is what was he? Uh, I think he won a Grammy out. a couple of years ago. Um, he's dope as fuck. He's uh he was even on Joe Rogan recently. I think he's been on like twice. Oh, I gotta peep that. What what um what songs what is is he, is he I don't know who that is I don't think I know how do I describe him he's like I don't even know he's an individual guy but he's like okay he plays the guitar like he's like indie kind of I guess he's like one of those okay. artists that he's super dope but it's not like you can't be like oh you would know him by this song you either know all his music or you don't know him but he's he's actually okay. pretty. He's pretty huge, actually, but I don't. That is kind of crazy. He's like a huge artist that's niche at the same time. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, bro, bro, I know exactly what you mean. That, I know exactly what you mean. Um, I'm gonna get into him after this. I promise. I'll shoot you a text. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some of his music. He's dope as fuck. Um, hell yeah. One of my one of my guests I had like a month or two ago. They're a band called Sir Sly, right. and. They just had got a Gary Clark Jr. feature, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that's oh, dope!" Yeah. That's probably gonna be huge. 
Yeah. If he's got Grammy accolades, yeah, that's gonna be huge. That's gonna be huge. Yeah, you, okay. I think I feel like you're gonna be someone who is gonna fall in love with Gary Clark Jr. He's dope. This Hell way. yes. Hell yes. I'm yeah. definitely about to bang him. You got my word. Hell yeah. Because think about it, there's not Joe Rogan's. He's a cool Joe Rogan's not really a music connoisseur. He definitely likes music, of course, but like he doesn't really have a lot of musical guests on. So when he has a musical guest on, you know it's kind of special. Yeah, shit's real. Shit's real. Yeah, that means you you did it. If you're a musical guest on Joe Rogan, you did it. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So when you first started releasing music, you had already had one kid at that point, correct? Yep. Cool. Yep. So. When you were making music, you released songs, you know, like Six Beers, you got Pickathon, which are like yep. drug related. But as you continue to grow as an artist and your kids continue to grow, is that something you yep. worry about with them listening to or anything like that? Or how do you tell, talk to your kids about previous drug songs or even like Pink Cocaine oh. or anything like that? Yeah, no, no. Um, you know what's crazy? Um, like I like like I tell the boys all the time, like I don't sugarcoat anything for my kids. I don't do it. Like we, 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 I give them the real, I give them, you know, dad was doing a lot at the time. <laughs> you were younger. I let them know everything. They, they know everything. And I think the only reason, if we're being brutally honest, like there's not as many drug references or things like that nowadays. is I'm just not around it anymore. Mm. You know, like I said, like my, my, my music is my diary. It's my journal. And if you if you go back, it's just like it's cool, kind of. I think to see like the progression and um, how how the music kind of tells a story to where I'm at now. You know, like I was, um, I'm not driving Uber anymore. I'm not partying four nights a week. I'm not like now. I'm just kind of like I'm just settling in. I'm chilling, and I'm just I, I'm I'm in. I, I'm just talking about life and nights at the bar and there's a lot less cocaine and a lot less <laughs> drugs around and a lot less weed like we tell them all the time and like i think that like i and i give my kids a i give my kids the real and i make my kids study lyrics my kids are both music lovers and we study lyrics all the fucking time like we tell them all the time like and i try to tell them i get them away from the i hate to say this on the podcast but the the trippy reds and the little TJs and all that, like we stay away from all that. Like we we gotta stop that. Like uh, this will be so cool. This will be so cool. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I'm putting you on the spot. You ready for the whole world to see? You ready? Hell yeah. All right. Um, who said, "Don't say my car is topless. Say the titties is out." No. Okay. Good. 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 That's <laughs> good. Say what's up, man. This is Blake right here. Hold on. Say what's up. Say what's up. Say what's up. Say what's up. Hey there. This is my oldest. <laughs> this is the guy. This is my youngest in the back. That's Tavian. They're crazy. You have no idea. I'm so glad you, you I'm so glad you brought them up. But yeah, but we, we do this all the time. Um, uh, who says, um, fool, you know how we do it. Ice Cube. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. You know, we do this all day long. Like, we do it all day long. And, um, yeah, but we don't sugarcoat anything. You know, it's, it's a real thing. So, um, and they listen to my music all the time, constantly. So, yeah, man, like, so, yeah, just, 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 I've grown. I've grown. So, the lyrics change, the experiences change, and, uh, yeah, that's all, that's all that really happens. So, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I let them listen to all of it. And I, and I, if they ask, I'll tell them. <laughs> Hell yeah. 
the crazy thing. It's funny that you brought up Trippy Red, which is kind of sad. But his like music career, in my opinion, there might be diehard fans who think he's at the yeah. top of his game. But I feel like his music's slowly like declining. And I think for me, he he lost me in October when he released an album that was just like it was called like Scary Noises or something, and it was just like. 20 second songs of like a werewolf howling or like someone laughing. It was just like sound effects and it was an album that he released. I was like, what the hell is this? That's where he lost me. Bro, bro, I I just, some of the stuff, bro, they, it's a bit, it's beautiful because they keep me in tune, which is cool. But then it's like, it's like, I you guys I I you guys I raised you not to do this. <laughs> like why <laughs> why are you listening to this? And it's so crazy. I tell people all the time, like when they were in school, my buddy just had a kid, and he's like, bro, I'm gonna have him listen to this, listen to that. I said, bro, you can do all that, all you want to do. Hmm. I said, some days they're gonna go to school, and they're gonna be with other people's kids for eight hours a day, <laughs> and they're gonna they're gonna see the world different, man. And, and, and it's tough, but for the most part, man, yeah, we 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 try to. I always tell them, I always ask them, why do you like a song? Okay, if you like that Trippy Red song, like, can you give me a lyric that you like or that you relate, you know, that, you, that you're enjoying or that's, that's staying in your head? And when they can't, they know they're in trouble with it. Wow. I'm like, okay, so, so why are we listening to this? Explain. Well, I just think it started because I saw it on TikTok. No, no, no. You need bro, substance, bro. Substance. Give me some substance. You know stuff like that. So it's um it's weird, man. And I and and like I like like I said, like I I'm in the car with it, so I get the I get I get a I get about thirty minutes a day of the whatever's going on, and then I'm like, okay, Mac Demarco, okay, <laughs> the Fugees, okay, JT, okay, who you know, um, Georgia, okay, um, yeah, we we go we go through it, we we go through it, and it's super cool. So I'll tell you a funny story. A real funny story. We, my youngest, who is a whip, he's a problem. Uh, he was listening to, I don't know, one of these young dudes, Polo G or somebody. Mm. We were listening to somebody all crazy. And I'm a Griselda fan. Cause Ooh, I'm, I, you know, I'm from that. Yeah, so I'm just such a big Griselda fan. And uh, a dude goes, a dude says some lyric and I, I ask him, I go, bro, why do you want to listen to that? I was like, it makes no sense. And he's like, no, it does. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. What makes sense? He goes, oh, he couldn't say anything. And he goes, Dad, how can you tell me that I shouldn't listen to that because it makes no sense? And every time we get in the car and you listen to Griselda, the first thing is, (laughs) and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me back. The butcher coming. Yeah, the butcher (laughs) coming. And they know all of it. And like, it's so funny. And I'm like, bro, listen. Those are those are just ad libs, so they just ju- get warming you up. You got to listen to the substance and the content. And I, we're to the point now I can't explain it to them because they're not uh, age appropriate. But but <laughs> I, I he actually caught me on that one, so it was wow. funny. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, you got to check out. I think it's Conway. He just released a new song. Oh, what's the name of the song? It came out today. It's Conway, oh. Jid, and Ludacris. Like what? Oh. Is that is that ballads? That's not ballads. That no, ballads? it came out today. Oh my god! Oh Let me my look god! This up real okay, quick. I'm on it. Let's get it. I got yeah. you, Conway. I can't. I can't. And you know, you know what? 
like not to not to not to not to not to beat a dead horse. Scatterbrain. That's what it's called. Scatterbrain. Okay, I'm on it. Perfect. Like not to beat a dead horse, but in these times and what we were talking about earlier with figuring out different ways to to do certain things, I I try my hardest. Like I just dropped um I dropped Hotel Happy Hour in September. And I'm dropping a new project at the end of this month. And I think if you're looking for a way right now um, as an artist to, 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 to build speed and pick up momentum, follow Griselda. Drop a lot of fucking music. Drop, don't overthink it. Get some dope artwork and drop singles and drop short EPs. And just, just keep hitting people so they don't forget about you. I think that their way of going about things right now is is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to throw that in you know, while we were talking about it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Griselda is probably one of my favorite hip hop groups and just. Oh, oh hands fa- down. Gotta be. Yeah. My favorite out of all of them, though, I think I have to say Benny the Butcher. It's just because, you know, um, West Side Gun, it's more like. Just like a repetitive, like instrumental. It's like a, it's like the instrumentals that Westside Gun uses. It's like you can freestyle on them, right? But then yeah, no, sure. Benny the Butcher's kind of leaning a little bit towards like a mainstream, like instrumental. But it's still yeah, Griselda. So he has the more. Yeah. I can relate to him the most when it comes to his instrumentals right. that he uses. Yeah, he's trying to add hooks. You know, he just did a joint. He's got like Freddie Gibbs. He's diving into some other things, some other pockets. So that's really cool. Um, and then I think, and like you said, I think Conway will be next to kind of take the take the mainstream-ish. They'll, I think they'll keep it Griselda, but I think they'll start getting over there a little bit. Like even seeing Benny, he was about to go on tour with Russ. Mm. I was like, that's okay. I was like, that's, that, yeah, that's that's wild. That's a little different. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I just, yeah. But um, yeah, I definitely didn't do it. And, and um, you know, I, I love West High Gun. Um, I think I, I love him. I love him for, I love his production, but, um, it, it, like you said, it's, it's, it's the gritty grimy, you know, I'm gonna get on here and freestyle. Um, I'm going to say, and I love his, I love his, his hooks. They're so obnoxious and I love them. <laughs> so tight. And I think, um, I think he'll, I think when, as, 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 as Benny and Conway grow, He'll be the hook guy. He'll jump on and make some dope hooks, even on those yeah. bigger sounding beats. But yeah, I, and you know, like they always say, he was kind of the guy. He's kind of the he orchestrated the, the whole thing. He's kind of that guy. He's like, you know, he's like I rap, you know, but these guys are the rappers. <laughs> they mm. they can rap their ass off, and I think that's really dope. And I think he, I, uh, uh, I think he he stays on the savvy side. And I think that's really cool of them. I, I I love them and I love everything they're doing. I definitely saw more of like a, I saw more of like a Griselda, Action Bronson, Mayhem Lorenz tour. I think more than anything, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> opposed to uh, a Russ or something like that. But um, I think it's so dope that they're bringing back hip hop, the hip hop feel you know, and not giving a fuck about what they're doing or how they're doing it. And I think that's cool. Hell yeah. So yeah, you mentioned that you're about to release a new project. I saw you promote it um, on Instagram. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, man. So um, this is actually with Carson. Um, 
um, with Carson, who produced all Joe Fontana. And uh, like we said, man, just growing and just talking about life. And um, it's called Call Me a Cab. And uh, it's just super smooth. Um, uh, some live instrumentation in it. Uh, very chill, man. Very, very. It'll be very nice for the spring coming into the summer. Uh, six songs. And it's just basically based on, um, it's based on like uh, just a small vibe of the, 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 the early 90s. Uh, so everything is based on like sayings from there, like Call Me a Cab, one song's called Back in a Flash, hmm. uh, one's called Outrageous. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's just the vibe. It's just the vibe of getting over the COVID, um, trying to get back to normal life and progressing as an artist everything we've been talking about and i'm so so excited for people to hear it man and it's completely diy all independent so i'm excited i'm excited hell yeah well mike bogan what is some advice that you have for up-and-coming artists creators influencers oh man um um invest in yourself um grind harder than you ever have um, take your craft seriously and um, always, 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 always be yourself. Do not ever let that change. Just just be yourself. Work your ass off and be yourself. That's that's the biggest, biggest piece of biggest piece of advice I could give people, man. Um, keep people around you that are real. Uh, keep people around you that are pushing you. Um, surround yourself with a team that makes you feel like they want it more for you than you do yourself. And I think that, that, that is something you should do. And, um, tour, 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 <laughs> tour your ass off, tour any way you can do any live show, any way to be in front of people tour it. So I think that's, that's it, man. That, that's, that's the biggest advice I could give. Hell yeah. And what is the easiest way for people to reach you? Man, I would definitely do at Mike Bogan on Instagram. It's at Mike Bogan on all social medias. That's M-Y-K-E-B-O-G-A-N. But uh, if you want to reach me, man, Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. And then, uh, yeah, for everything, man, I, uh, hit me hit me for the features ASAP. I'm about to dive into a new project, and I'm, I'm going to shut that down. So hit me, hit me, hit me. And um, I just want to thank you, bro. Thank you for everything. Thank you for putting me on this. Thank you for having me. Thank you. For sure, man. This is the NAS podcast with Mike Bogan. Beautiful. There we go. <laughs>